0: So awesome to be here this morning. Oh, my wife, she's gone. She did. She's not into these things. <laughs> Thank my lovely wife, Miss Kim. Thank you so much. If I do anything good, it's her fault. It is such an honor, honor to be here this morning. This great house. Uh, we have had the privilege to visit with you guys a few times. Josh is one of my best friends in the whole wide world. And you really realize who your friends are when you call somebody in a uh, crisis. And he's the guy I would call in a crisis. And he will always, uh, Pastor Josh will always have such a special place in my heart because you were there for me when I really needed you. And I just have this sense that anything that I would ever need, Josh would be there for me. Do you have those friends in your life? It's good to have friends like that. And that's the kind of pastor you have. One of the most giving people that I've ever met And uh, we just love him so dearly. And this weekend, for the first time, we were here for the wedding. If you don't remember, I was his last groomsman, which I still, I I still, I haven't figured that out. I mean, he's my best friend in all the world, and I was the last in line. But, you know, I'm just, you know. uh, But for the first time, really, we've got to meet Tiffany uh, just last night and spend time with her. And I was just so impressed with the spiritual depth And uh, just a wonderful person in seeing them together. Because for a wedding, you don't really get to know people, right? It's just kind of in and out. Uh, But we really got to sit and get to know them together as a couple. And they're just so beautiful. What God has brought together, right? What an awesome thing. Such a special, special couple. Such an honor to be with you this morning. I'm going to sing a little bit and give the word. Uh, We are, yes, just fresh, just fresh as senior pastors Uh, The campus we had been pastoring has just uh, now turned over into our own church, our own independent church, and we couldn't be more excited and thrilled. In fact, we have the best crowd that we have ever had this morning without us there. So maybe we'll do this more often. I don't know. We just got a text that he said, "It's it's a packed crowd. So I don't know, maybe we'll spend a few weeks here and we'll pack the church out there also want to thank the support staff this morning. Man, Brandon and just everyone has just been so kind to us. Uh, Y'all have treated us so special and so well. We are not used to all this treatment. We feel like kings and queens up at the Homewood Suites there in Joplin. So thank y'all so much. We love y'all. Have our friends here from Branson. Tom and Kelly, would y'all stand? And Will. Tom uh, has been in ministry at Brother Keith Moore's church for 20 years, and they are transitioning to Louisiana. They're coming down to be a part of the Father's house, so they're awesome. And Kelly has been a missionary to the Philippines, and Will is just bad to the bone, and I love him so much. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we could just go on and on in the presence of the Lord. Amen. It's been so good. Sean, you're awesome. Sean's awesome. I truly value anointed praise and worship leaders because I had to do that for a long time. And there's a lot of work that goes on to putting in all this here this morning. Amen. Are you all ready for the word today? such an honor to be able to deliver the word to you this morning in the Bible that Josh gave me. It's my preaching Bible, and Josh gave me this Bible and wrote some special things in there. I'm still waiting for my book, my 4D book. Apparently, I'll get one sometimes this and I might have to just grab one. Maybe I have to buy one off of Amazon. No, no, no. So, Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your ministry at work here today. You're helping us, you're teaching us, open our ears to hear what thus saith the Lord today. And Lord, let me only say what it is you would have us to say today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I have been just spiritually obsessed with the message of fathership and sonship from the Word of God. And God has been so gracious to me to be able to deliver that to you this morning. Because I saw the Lord and I was like, Lord, just because I'm excited about this doesn't mean this is what you want me to share today. But he's like, yeah, that's what I want you to share. So I'm going to try to deliver to you something that I've been building up on for eight weeks. So uh, just keep your uh, seatbelts on today. We're going to get into the word and, and see what the Lord would have to share with us. I truly believe that the message of sonship is an end time word. The Bible says that all of creation in Romans is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Don't you think we ought to know what it is to be a true son of God and what it is to receive the fathership of the Lord? Thank you so much, Brandon. There he is again. You ought to see my wonderful snacks in my room. Brandon has got me hooked up. Praise the Lord. And Coke Zero, which my wife would not have let me have. So I very much thank you for my Coke Zero. You turn in your Bibles to you go to Matthew 16, and there'll be a lot of references on the screen. I so love your pastor and this whole Pentecostal Church of God in Christ uh, denomination. I find all the preachers are so artful; they're so artful in their preaching style. I just love that. I tend to just be a little bit, do a little bit more just me. So y'all just kind of, y'all accept that? Will y'all be okay with that? I'll just deliver the Word of God, how it is, how it comes forth from me. I'm going to start in Luke 19.10. Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, I know traditionally we read that and we hear, praise the Lord. Jesus came to save lost folk. Right? Because people who don't know the Lord are lost, right? Don't be too hard on lost folk because they just don't know Jesus. If they knew Jesus, they'd be just as sweet and lovely as you, right? <laughs> That's kind of tongue-in-cheek too, right? Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I've looked it up in all kinds of different translations, and it never says those who were lost, So there's an indication here that Jesus came to seek and to save some thing that was lost. There was something that was lost, and Jesus came to seek and to save that. There was something specific that was lost. And if we want to find out, if you want to find out what was lost, what do you do? You retrace your steps, right? Well, where was the last place you had it? you got to go all the way back to the the last place you remember having it. And for us, we've got to go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis. Are you all up for that this morning, a little Genesis, Adam and Eve stuff today? We're going to go all the way back to Genesis 1. And we're going we're gonna to see. If we've got to see what was lost and how was it in the beginning, then we've got to see when it was fixed. What was it like when it was right? And that will help us to understand what it was that was lost. So let's go back to Genesis 1. And I just I caution you this morning not to hear this this morning and to say sometimes us, those of us who have been in church, who's been in church a long time, all right, yeah, I've been in church a long time. And when you've been in church a long time, you've heard so much. You've heard just about everything. So let's be careful. One thing that I've learned is as I've walked with the Lord, the most simple things are the most profound things. And they, they tend to skirt right past us because we've become so familiar with them. Anybody resonate with that? We become so familiar with certain things that they can go right past us, and we can miss some very profound revelation from the Word of God. So let's be cautious this morning not to say, yeah, I got that. I know that. Adam and Eve. That's cool. I learned that when I was in. No, let's hear what the Word of the Lord would have us to receive from this this morning and give us some fresh revelation from Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Verse 27. Praise the Lord. All right? So God created man in his own image. Stop right there. Because I know what we do. We all start thinking, oh, well, Adam must have kind of looked like God. He must have created him in the form, his own image. But God is a what? And those who worship him worship him in spirit and in truth, God is a spirit. So when God created man, right here we don't need to just think outside. We always just think outside. We need to think inside. And what God created was spiritually man looked just like him. Amen? Adam had a spiritual birth. Adam was birthed spiritually. Spiritually. He said, let's make man, who was he talking to? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit were having a conversation. And they said, that might blow you away, but go read it in the Bible. They were talking to each other. They said, let's make man in our image. What does that mean? Spiritually. Adam had the same spirit stuff that God had. God made, listen, Adam was bad to the bone. Adam wasn't just some... Just some uh, zombie that thumped over and he was like, duh. Adam had everything God was made out of. He was spiritually, had the same DNA as God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. He said, let's make man in our image. And that was referring to him spiritually. This is important later when we start talking about being born again. Adam had a spiritual birth. He breathed the breath. Of life into his nostrils. Do you remember that? That was the spirit. He had a spiritual birth, and we were made in the image of the Father with all the spirit stuff in there. But let's read on here. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God, what? Blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Okay. Believe it or not, it wasn't enough for God just to create us in his image after his spirit, after his likeness. It wasn't complete until God blessed them and said to them. Is somebody picking this up in the spirit this morning? Because this is something that you've got to catch in the spirit. This isn't something that's just going to hit you over the head. Here with your spirit man this morning. God didn't just impart his spirit into them. He had to bless them and say to them. Now, when God speaks, what is it? It is the Word of God. If God says today that the sky is black, what color is it going to be? It is going to be black. Because why? God said it. So man had a spiritual birth. He was born of the Spirit, and he was born of the Word. Amen. And God blessed them. Now, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to restore this right here. He came to restore this spiritual identity of the Father. Because when man failed, we lost this, right? We were disconnected. After Adam and Eve sinned, there was a disconnect in the spirit. But he also came to restore that word of blessing that was upon mankind. That was the identity of man. That's what Jesus came to restore. Sonship. Okay, amen. Praise the Lord. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, we'll get to that in a moment. And if you come back tonight, we're going to really get into the thick of this. (laughs) We're going to get into the walking this thing out. But this morning, I believe what the Lord wants to do is impart this spirit of sonship to us today. The Lord spoke to me and he said, there are some miracles we will never receive short of this identity of sonship. There are some things from God we will not be able to step into if we do not step into our sonship. We are not called to be weak and beggarly people of God. We're called to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. And this is something we've got to step into. We've got to walk into it. There's a place of dominion and a place of authority that we're called that walks above, not beneath. Amen? Praise the Lord. Just just an example of this, a quick example of this is, you know, the father to the son, because identity is this fathership and this sonship. Have you ever heard that expression, he is just like his daddy? Have you ever heard that? In fact, there was a video, I don't know if anybody had seen it circulating, uh, TikTok, I think it was, or Facebook, I don't know. But there was this young kid who shot this cat. It It was a fake gun. He didn't actually shoot it. But he shot this cat. He pretended to shoot this cat. And he grabbed this cat and he threw it over his shoulder. And he said, that's a big old bobcat. Anybody ever saw that? No, no, one person. Big old bobcat. And you can't help but see, man, this kid is emulating his dad for sure. He has got that from his dad. In fact, it has been proven. Go study it out. It's been proven children inherit their identity from their fathers is it any wonder why our society is in such shambles today As even if the fathers in in the situation sometimes it just doesn't even matter But it doesn't matter. That's why this message is so powerful for where we are today in society because people need to connect with who they are in Christ. They need to connect with their heavenly father. I'm here to tell you if you had a bad earthly father, it's okay because God the Father wants to be your identity. He wants to establish your identity. He wants to tell you who you really are, what you truly have, where you really come from. You're not what your daddy said you are, you're not what your mama said you are. You're not the identity that the world tries to put on you. You have a higher calling. And it's time to step up into that. Amen. Because you are just like your daddy. And that's what Jesus came to seek and to save. That which was lost. Amen. Say, I like that, preacher. That'll help y'all like me. Say it again. Say, I like that, preacher. Identity defined is the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. Your identity is really what you identify with. And I don't care who you are. You are going to have to have some form of mind renewal on your identity. I mean, I had, I was blessed with one of the best dads in the world. I just believe it. He was just awesome. He's in heaven now. And I think that's one reason this connects so strongly with me because I had such a great example of an earthly father. And it's not difficult for me to connect with my heavenly father because of that. But I understand not everybody has that, not everybody had that privilege. And, and I believe that as we step into this and we walk in this, we start seeing God differently. We start seeing us differently. And we begin to identify with what God's actually called us to be and how He's called us to live. Our identity is identifying. I stop identifying with what the world says I am, what somebody called me, and I start identifying with what God has said that I am. We were created by the Spirit, And by that word of blessing, amen, Adam had the identity of sonship, which came from the father. So when Adam sinned in the garden, that identity was lost. Now, bring it over into the New Testament, into your Bibles In Matthew. We'll get into this here in a moment. Jesus, the message he went around preaching was the kingdom. Have you ever noticed that? Everywhere he went, he went preaching the kingdom. The kingdom. That was his message. The kingdom is like this. The kingdom is like that. Jesus went around preaching the kingdom. That was his message. But his overarching emphasis was to reveal the Father. That's because we can't preach the kingdom apart from the message of family. Jesus was here to be the express image of the Father. Jesus completely, he said, if you want to see the Father, look at me. I'm here to show you the Father. In fact, it was one of the reasons the Jews wanted to kill Jesus so much because he went around always talking and referring to God as his Father. They felt like that was blasphemous. How dare you? Now, this is one of those things that we're so used to hearing in the Word of God. We're so used to referring to Him as Father. But you got to understand, the religious class did not refer to God as their Father. Jesus came preaching and teaching the kingdom, but He also came revealing the Father to us. That's what happens sometimes when we try to form structures. What the kingdom is without the message of the Father is just a structure without the heart. I love how you have here the head and the heart. Trying to, it's just religion without the spirit. It's trying to form a structure without having the true love of the Father in the middle of it. It won't work if you don't have one with the other. We can't have just the message of the kingdom without the message of the Father. We can't have the structure of religion without the Holy Spirit to fill it with the message of love. Let's look how Jesus talked about this here in Matthew 16. Are you all with me this morning? Peter and Jesus are engaged in a conversation. And they're talking about, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, well, some people call you a prophet. Some people call you Elijah. Some people call you this, some of them. And then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Y'all remember that? And we pick up here, right here in this scripture in verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the, what? Christ, the son of the living God. Now, Peter has been following Jesus around, hearing him talk about the father, the father, the father, the father. The Father, the Father, the Father, the Father. But Jesus said, let me just go ahead and let's read it here. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Borjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but who? My Father who is in heaven. So we emphasize the Christ part, but we totally breeze past the Son of the living God part. Christ means the anointed one in his anointing. How many of you know that's powerful, right? But it's not, it's not done just with the Christ. He said the son of the living God. You are the anointed. Get rid of the comma. You are the anointed son of the living God. I'm going to say it again. You are the anointed son of the living God. I want this to penetrate your spirit this morning. You are the anointed son of the living God. He goes on to say in 18, And I also say to you, you are Peter. Changed his name because every time we get an identity change, God changes our name. Amen. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, not on Peter, on the revelation of what? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, I know y'all are saying, "Okay, that's good. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God." Who else is the Son of God here this morning? Who is the firstborn of many brethren? Jesus. I'm going to ask you again. Who is the firstborn of many brethren? Jesus. He said, and on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Against what? A group of people who understand they are the anointed sons of the living God. Now, understand, when we say sons, we're talking about daughters too. Amen, women of God. had somebody come to me after church the other day and say, can you please remind people that it's also daughters of God? So It's sons and it's daughters of God. Amen. You are a son. And a daughter of the most. On this revelation, God is going to build his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against a group of people who know who they are in Christ. Who know they have authority. Who know their sons. Who know their daughters. Not a bunch of begging people. Not a bunch of people who are begging God to do something for them. In fact, can I enlighten you on something? God never planned on running this earth. If that was the case, he would have never empowered Adam. And he never changed his mind. He never once planned on running this thing. He said, I am giving you the dominion. I am giving you the authority. You know what that word subdue means that he told Adam? Subdue it. It means take it and rule it. This was supposed to be for man to run this thing. And God says, I am the Lord, I change not. He ain't changing his mind for a bunch of crazy people either. He has been trying to get his blessing back to his people ever since the beginning. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And what was lost was your identity of the Son of the Living God. You're called to be an anointed Son of the Most High God. You're called. You're anointed. You're appointed. Stop waiting for it. That's your word here this morning. Step into it. I hope you come back tonight because we're going to be talking about walking out the sonship of God. Amen? So if you rewind to the beginning, do you remember the first job that God gave Adam? To name the animals. And, and, you know, we just think, oh, that was cool. You know, he named the animals, you know, whatever. But it was his first opportunity to exercise the authority and the dominion. And you're like, well, what's the big deal? It's just animals. Well, all they had was animals. God was like, okay, I put you on the earth, and I'm calling you to have dominion, and I'm calling you to have authority. So what what you're going to do is I want you to name the animals. I think we over-spiritualize that, and we're like, Well, God probably just by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he knew what to call that animal. No, God said, you take authority. Whatever you call that thing, it's going to be forever and ever. Somebody in heaven, can you just see the scribes of heaven just waiting for what he's going to call the cow? He's like, that's a cow. How now, brown cow? Somebody's writing down cow. My daughter asked me a great question. She was just like, well, what language was it in and how was it? Don't, Don't try to figure that out. It's like trying to figure out the belly button thing. Don't try to figure it out. I don't know. Horse. Horse is a horse, of course, of course, forever and ever. Well, what was that about? Adam was exercising his authority. Whatever Adam called it is what it was going to be. Well, that's how God operates. God said, let there be light. And what was it? There was light. So God is, he has empowered man to be exactly like him. He created him in his image. Do you understand? Adam was not incomplete. He was completely complete. So you come over here back to Matthew in verse 19. After he reveals the anointing. Can you all tell I'm excited about this? After he reveals the anointing of the sonship. Of the Father. Then he goes on to talk about authority. He's restoring what was lost in this message right here to Peter. Verse 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Of heaven, And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Does this sound a little bit like Adam naming the animals? <laughs> I am giving you, you know what that scripture says? What it really means is referring to locks. Whatever you bind and whatever you, whatever you lock on earth will be locked in heaven. It is up to you. I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you the dominion. I'm restoring what was lost right here. You have the ability to be an anointed son of God. Whatever you open your mouth and you decide to lock up, we're going to lock up in heaven. But it's up to you. Whatever you decide to unlock on earth, it will be unlocked for you. Another version says, whatever you permit will be permitted in heaven. Whatever you don't permit will not be permitted in heaven. With authority also comes responsibility, right? Oh, it's like getting a promotion. How many love getting promotions at work? Oh, it's wonderful. Then you start realizing, oh, God, that promotion's coming with a, a whole lot more authority, right? It's the same thing as being promoted to a son. No longer can you just look to God and say, God, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you, God? Why don't you, God? Please, God. Why don't you, God? God said, I've given you the authority. I've made you a son. I never expected to run this thing. I've called you to run this thing. I never expected to have to come down and take care of business for you all the time. That's why I've given you my word. I've given you my spirit. You've been born of the word and the spirit. Do you know that? So Adam was born of the word and of the spirit. You were born of the Holy Spirit. When you are born again, you know that means to be regenerated you, you've got a brand new spirit. You know, Adam looked exactly like Jesus in the spirit until before he fell. That same, same DNA. The same stuff was happening in Adam that was happening. And when we are born again, you know, God sees us. We look just like Jesus to him in the spirit when we get born again. We are born anew of the Spirit. And we are born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. That is our new identity. I'm not what I used to be. I'm new. I'm a new creation. I no longer identify with the world. Identify with who God says that I am. That's why we don't live like the world lives. Not because we're trying to follow some rules and regulations to be a part of this church. I've got a new spirit. I've got a blessing on me. I've got the incorruptible seed of the word of God in me. I've got the identity of sonship. I've got a high calling. I've got a responsibility. I also have to use that responsibility to accomplish what God's called us to. Amen. Jesus came to restore our identity as children of the father. Let me give you a few scriptures here. I don't know where we are on time. I don't see one. 1140. We're doing good. He told me 1 o'clock. Is that right? 1 o'clock? Okay, good. (laughs) Some nervous laughter there. (laughs) John 1, verse 12. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Now, does this sound a little different in light of what we've been talking about today? As many as received him, to them he gave the right. Doesn't that sound audacious? If it wasn't in the Bible, you'd probably say, I'm just not sure about that. I don't think as Christians we have rights. I think we're just poor, pitiful. We just deserved hell, and that's all there is to it. Just an old sinner saved by grace. Amen. Thank God for the grace, though. Because if you stay an old sinner, you'll never step into sonship. If you continue to see yourself as an old sinner, you will never step into the place God's called you to be. In fact, God gave me, if you would imagine with me, I wasn't sure if we would go here because I think we're going to talk about it tonight, but let me just say this. If you imagine with me a three-tier fountain, a water fountain with three tiers, you see them in gardens sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? A three-tier fountain. And what happens is there's three tiers in that fountain, and the top tier fills up, and it pours into the next tier. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And then that tier fills up, and it pours into the next tier. But the subsequent tiers can't fill up until the top tier fills up. The Lord showed me that that top tier is that tier of identity. We have to have this right before it can pour over into that next tier, which represents relationship. Our relationship with God will never be as rich as God desires it to be until we get this issue of identity settled. How do you boldly approach the throne of grace if you're always thinking God's mad at you? If you never establish your identity as a child of God. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I figured out that I can have a blessed assurance of the salvation of God. Amen. I I am so past thinking God's jumping on and off of me. Because I grew up that way, man. God had to set me free from that. We were never born again enough. You just never knew. You just never knew. You might as well just come down to the altar and give your heart to the Lord because maybe you did something. That's an identity of fear. I don't have that. I have an identity of sonship. I'm a son of God. You know, my daughter can mess up and she's still my daughter. Now, I ain't talking about Greasy Grace and all that stuff. You can't live like the world and expect all that stuff. But, But what we need to do is stop worrying about that and go after Jesus with all of our heart, right? And what enables us to do that is getting a clear understanding of our identity in the Father as a son. That fills up that relationship tier. And then when that fills up, it can pour over into our purpose, that next tier. You know what we try to do? We try to start working our purpose. We start off in the kingdom of God trying to work. Trying to do stuff to make God love us. Trying to do stuff to make the pastor love us. Trying to do stuff to make other people think we're something. We start trying to work the purpose. Have you been there? I've been there. I've been there. Have y'all been there before? Start trying to work And and we try to go backwards up this tier. It don't work. We try to let that purpose form our relationship with God. Have you ever done that? Because of all that I do, God loves me. That's wrong. And then we try to let that form our identity. What I do in church makes me who I am. God wants to blow all that up. He said, the only thing you need to identify with is who I am as your father and you are my son. Let that pour over into the deepest, richest, most intimate relationship. You want to talk about revival? I'm telling you about revival right now. Is a relationship with the Father you have never experienced until you realize you are a son and a daughter of God. And then that will pour over naturally into blessing the world around you. Because once you get whole and full in that relationship with the Father, you're going to want to impact something for Jesus. That's how it's supposed to work. You know, when we get people born again and they don't have this understanding of their identity, it's just like being a fatherless child. It's just like a child without a father. We have to establish an understanding of our identity as child, a child, child of the Most High God. Let me give you another scripture. You have not received the Spirit. We'll talk about this tonight. Of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. (laughs) Big S. Big S spirit. Big S. That's the the Holy Spirit. You know that word adoption is a legal term. It refers to the court systems of him. You have not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. (laughs) Abba, Father, He's my Father. You know, the first thing Adam and Eve did after they sinned was they ran in fear. The Bible said they were afraid. The Father was coming in the cool of the day. That scripture is amazing. There's so much in there. He was coming in the cool of the day to spend time. Do you know that he knew what Adam and Eve did? All indications were that he was coming for communion. If they would have understood their identity, they would not have had to run in fear. But that's the result when we don't know who we are. We run in fear.